Welcome to the Around the Block Sports Podcast. Hey, it's Dominic here. Hey, and it's Angel. And we're back for another episode of Around the Block Sports. Yeah. I'm sorry if we sound a little uh, funky. We are, I think we're both sick. Yeah, I'm pretty sick. But um, nose is very runny. But yeah, we're just going to get started. Uh, With baseball, I know it seems like we always talk about the Dodgers, but we're going to start off with the Dodgers (laughs) one more time. Because they signed uh, the outfielder. The only team that's doing things. Yeah, it seems like it. But it's they signed outfielder A.J. Pollock to a deal. I think it's uh, a four-year deal worth about $50 million or 55. $55, $55 million. million. Yeah. You know, a lot of, uh, I guess the first reaction most people are having is that with this move, it kind of makes it seem like Bryce Harper, like that whole storyline is kind of dead. I think it is. You think it is? Because yeah. this means that Bryce Harper is going somewhere else? Yeah. Because... If you think about it, look, the Dodgers are looking for consistency in the outfield, correct? Yes. Because Yasuo Puig wasn't the most consistent player, and they moved on from him and whatever. But to to go and sign another outfielder um, for four years and that big of a deal, I think it it really shows like they're not gonna they're not willing to spend the three hundred million for ten years that that Bryce Harper wants. Yeah. Well, you know, I think. Andrew Friedman made a, a comment recently that uh, because for the past couple of years, the Dodgers have had too many outfielders. Yeah. So they traded two in one deal earlier just mm-hmm. as a salary dump, and they're adding A.J. Pollock. So it might seem like right now he made a comment that said that they want consistency, consistency in playing time. Yeah. They want people to have to know every day that they're going to start, that they have like a, a routine. Because, like, I know the past couple of years, the Dodgers kind of, their uh, way of playing, their their uh, culture was kind of like a next guy up mentality. Yeah. Th- so, because people were always getting called up from the minors and being put into starting lineups sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, I think with the moves that they're making and the signing of A.J. Pollock, like you said, they want consistency. They want somebody to. They want an everyday player. They want an everyday player. Yeah. And then they're also going after J.T. Romoto. Yeah. Who's been kind of a hot free agent? Um, uh, it, it was expected to me getting rid of or not getting rid of, not signing Yasmani Grandal again. And I mean, Austin Barnes is an okay player, but uh, getting JT Romuto would be a good, yeah. a good asset for them. And I'll be interesting to see if he actually does go with them. Yeah, in the past couple of years, being a Dodgers fan, watching them as often as I did, they've had good defensive, defensive catchers, people who uh. They ha- they've had good defensive catches, but every time one of them would step up to the plate, I knew, oh, that's an out yeah. in all likelihood. So I think they're looking to have some actual production from that spot, from the offensive end. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how their her, their starting how their opening day lineup actually looks like when it comes down to it. But um, speaking of Bryce Harper, I feel like we've talked about him a lot. Yeah. But I mean, he is the big name free agent. He's the well, him and Manny Machado, but Bryce Harper more more so. Um, the Padres are in the running for both those guys, actually. Um, and uh, right now, it doesn't seem like the Padres aren't they're a very good team. No, definitely and not. Even adding Bryce Harper, even adding both of them, it would make them better, but it wouldn't be like it wouldn't give them um, a playoff spot or a, no, or especially a chance. At especially the not in the National League West. Yeah, no. But their, their I other mean, teams are just better. They have a lot of good young players. I think they have ten of the top one hundred prospects in the MLB. So 
their future is, is looking up now. I, I feel like they're going to start making that turnaround yeah. that I they've mean, been waiting for. They're in a position that the Astros were right before they got good. Because the Astros legitimately tanked for a while. They were yeah. very, very bad, and they kind of they uh, stacked up their farm system. So it seems like the Padres, obviously, they haven't been good. So as long as they're able to actually develop their young talent, if they add Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, they could actually turn their franchise around in a couple of years. But it's just kind of like a, I really don't have that much faith in the Padres. I don't, I don't think they'll, okay, for sure they're not going to be able to land both of them. There's no way. They both want too much money, I think. But getting one of them would probably be a good, it, it would be a good thing for them just because it's going to add talent, obviously. They have talent that they're going to develop. And then it also adds, like, well, so, like it's going to make that team more, what's the word I'm looking for? People are going to want to go to them more. Oh, they're more attractive. Yeah, they're more yeah. attractive. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are gonna, people are going to start wanting to go to the Padres more. They're going to, because they're going to see, you know, a young developing team and like you said with the Astros, we saw them become a championship team. So, you know, it could be so, it could be somewhere where people want to go in order to, you know, yeah, take to that next step. I like to talk I like to talk smack about San Diego so much, but San Diego is a great city. They have a lot of stuff that's uh, attractive. It's just the team, the product that yeah. they've been putting out the past decade, it seems like, has just been bad. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, as a fan of baseball, you always want to see, you want to see, like, the level of talent, like, on every team high, you know, more competition. So it'll be it'll be fun to see if they actually do become, a, like, a, like, a better team, a top-tier team. But I guess we'll see. You never know. Um, the... Hall of Fame class of 2019 was just announced. Mm-hmm. Mariano Rivera, Roy Holiday, Mike Messina, and Edgar Martinez. And then Mariano Rivera, first ever unanimous Hall of Famer, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was looking at the stats, and Edgar Martinez actually has the highest batting average against Mariano Rivera in his career. And it was just like a really cool thing to see. It's pretty fitting. I love Mariano Rivera. He's awesome. But I think for for baseball, I think that's it. Yeah, there's not that much going on right now. Yeah, it's, it's gotten a little quiet. So let's just move on to the NBA. We're going to start with the Rockets. Yeah. So James Harden, your favorite player. Well, <laughs> I respect him, but his uh, watching him, pretty frustrating. But the Rockets right now are, are really hot. They're, they've been winning a lot of yeah. games. Led by James Harden, who's who's definitely is the MVP right now. Yeah, he um he, he broke Kobe's consecutive record, consecutive games with 30 plus record. I think yeah. he's at 22 games right now, I believe. Um, it's pretty crazy, but you see his usage rate. The Up usage there. rate is I think 40.8 percent or something like that, and then you see other usage rates in throughout NBA history that are. That are equivalent to that or close to that. It's and I Russell think Westbrook and Kobe. Really? Oh, and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan in 86 and 87. And they lost that year badly. So we'll see how that, that yeah, because turns out for them. The Rockets, uh, we might be skipping ahead a little bit, or I don't know when we're going to talk about this, but the Rockets, Chris Paul's going to, he should be coming back soon. Yeah. So I, I guess the important thing for the Rockets right now is to get Chris Paul back early enough so that James Harden doesn't 
tire himself out. Yeah, the you don't want to burn himself out, and then exactly. he's going to end up scoring one point in the second half of an elimination game. Yeah, in the playoffs. So yeah, well, with James Harden specifically, his style of play already isn't suited for the playoffs because whistles get kind of swallowed yeah. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really uh, give people foul calls as often as they do in the regular season. Yeah, so he's already going to be working behind from right there. So if you add his fatigue on top of that, yeah, that's that's a recipe for especially yeah yeah I know what you're saying. It's gonna be interesting to, to see what they do um, now that CP3 is coming back. I'm I'm sure it won't change very much. No, I'm sure it won't. Because I mean they already did this last year. Chris Paul and James Harden, it worked. Yeah. So they're good players. They're a good fit. The team's gonna be good. It's just I think the Rockets are one of those rare teams in in sports where. They know they're good. They know who they are. They just have to make it to the playoffs and stay healthy. They're in the they're in the class of like the Warriors or the Cle- Cleveland a few years ago, where they really the regular season didn't mean much. All they needed was one of those top four seeds and to go into the playoffs healthy. Yeah. So if the, as long as the Rockets achieve that, as long as James Harden isn't tired out, they'll be in good position. Yeah. And I know, but Clint Capella, he's out for yeah. a while. Ken Fareed is. He's only played a few games, but he's been a really good replacement. And I think I w- I've always liked Kenneth Freed. And An animal? I think, yeah. And then with them going into playoffs, Clint Capella is probably going to be back by then. And it should be really interesting to see if, if Kenneth Freed is going to come off the bench, which I suspect he is. Yeah. But that brings a whole nother, a whole nother aspect of their of their game, you know. It, it brings them that much better. Yeah. But he's been playing good, and just it's always fun to see his yeah, the it's player. Yeah, it's good to see for him because I remember a few years ago he was starting to make a name for himself in Denver, and it seemed like he got a, he got a pretty big deal, yeah. at least for back then. So, like, he got the big deal. He was making a name for himself, but it kind of seemed like he was in a in one of those positions. Well, he, he, he got good at a time for Denver where they didn't really need him to be good. Yeah. So as soon as they added their franchise players and, and Nikola Jokic, and, and then they got rid of them. Yeah, they got rid of them. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah, I know it's crazy. It kind of sucks to think about because the, the Nuggets are doing well this year, and Kenneth Reed, who was like a pivotal part of their growth for a while, isn't a part of it. But for him to be able to go to a different team and you know possibly help them win a championship, it's really cool, and he I think he really deserves that. But, I mean, we'll see what happens with them. It's going to be fun. So, I guess right now, because the trade deadline is coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So, one of the one of the teams that's really looking to shop right now is Memphis. They, they've got two really good players and, uh, in Marcus Hall and Mike Conley, who have been there for years and who were, who were a really big part of of that, uh, the, the grind. What was it? The... What was their old name? I don't remember. The, the, grit, the, the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies, yeah. is what they were called. With Tony so Allen and Tony uh, Allen, all, just all defense. Fellas. Yeah, so you know, remember that playoff series where they gave the Warriors a little bit of a little bit of a scare. Mike Connolly was playing very well. Well, when they went up two and one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Then they didn't win a game after that. Nope. We don't have to talk about that, but but yeah, no, I I think it's interesting and obviously. It, the uh, Grizzlies are tearing everything down. They're rebuilding, which it will be cool to see because Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley are great players, and they'll be great on any team that they go on. 
it will be interesting to see who, what teams specifically are going to go after those two. I think a lot of teams are going to be interested in Marcus Hall because he's a player that he's making his money. But when you look at Mike Conley, because Mike Conley's contract is ridiculous. It's huge. It's huge. He's too old. He's a good player, but unless you're, for some reason, you think that Mike Conley is your piece, like you're not going to be looking for him. But Marcus Hall, he fits on a lot of teams. He's just he's a big. He he plays decent defense. He could shoot. He he could he moves the ball. He he's good. He's attractive. A lot of teams would be interested in him. The Lakers might be interested in him. Like I would love to the have Rockets. him as a Lakers fan. The, ro- the Rockets would, but it's just a, a lot of teams who are on the cusp of being contender will be going after a guy like Marcus Hall because he's somebody who could who could give you an instant boost. Yeah. So what would a Warriors team with Mike Conley as a backup point guard look like? <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I think that's impossible because of the cat, but that well, would yeah. be uh, very unfair. Because instead of Sean Livingston, you have to wor- to worry about Mike Conley. You put Mike, and even still, they could put Sean Livingston at the two, mm-hmm. and have Mike Conley play the one, and I it would still work out. Five All Stars and one Borderline All Star. That would All-Star. be that would be crazy to to see, but that's I don't think it's. They're possible. already the greatest team of all time, Dominic. Don't put that. I don't there. think they are the greatest team of all time. Most talented team of all time. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But no, um, really interested to see where where either of them are gonna go. Um, I know there's a there's I I'd say maybe the Sixers too, maybe the Sixers go after Mike Conley. Mike Mike Conley would be a great fit for the Sixers. They already got the Jimmy Butler and uh, the bigs ready. They just mm-hmm. need a point guard. They need somebody who could handle the ball, who could hit free throws in clutch situations. Yeah, because Ben Simmons is not a point That's guard. all they really need. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, yeah. you know, Markel Fultz obviously has to work out for them. And mm-hmm. they need help in the immediate. They can't really invest time in Markel Fultz. So Mike Conley might actually be. Maybe uh, Markel Fultz, Mike Conley trade. Hey, Maybe the a, a little Grizzlies would package. definitely be interested in that. Yeah, because he's a young, young player. They'll take a Grizzlies take a pick and yeah. Mike Markel Fultz for Mike Conley. Could work out. Yeah. No, Memphis would definitely. I think if I were Memphis, I'd be interested in that just because you're obviously going to start losing more games. It's going to put you in a better position. For they your lost pick. like 12 in a row or something yeah, like exactly. that. They're, They're already bad. A lot of games. Be even more bad. Yeah, might as well just, just stack up on those assets. Just play like the Bulls. Yeah. Terribly. You know, but on purpose, not uh, like yeah, but on purpose, not on accident. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls are terrible. Jabari Parker wants out. He's only getting ten minutes per game, basically. He, I don't know. He just really hasn't fit into the system. I think. No. Um, and with when I think once Lori Marketing came back and Bobby Portis came back, they were like, uh, you know, we don't uh, really need you anymore. Yeah, we're better. They weren't yeah. even better. They just <laughs> we don't even need you anymore. It was like they just kind of kicked him to the curb. Yeah. It'll be interesting. He, I don't see him really having a lot of trade value. He has a big contract. Um, I don't know where he would. Honestly, I can't think right now where he would fit in. So put him on the Suns. <laughs> on the Suns. Put him somewhere. Maybe trade him and and Chris Dunn for Dennis Smith Jr. Who knows? Because I know the the Mavs were. Looking to possibly trade Dennis Smith, so which I don't really understand from the Mavs' perspective. I think uh, Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know if he if there's something in the locker room, but he's still a good young player. 
He yeah. has a lot of potential. He's been a little bit hurt, athletic. but like nothing crazy. Uh, so I don't know what's going on over there. They just they're moving on. They want Luca instead. You know they don't play the same position. I mean Luca is kind of the de facto point guard at times throughout this thing. He handles the ball a lot. Yeah. So I, I could see why maybe Dennis Smith Jr. isn't really – I could see why they might not think he's the greatest fit, but I think it's way too early to give up on him. He's really young, super athletic. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There's a, there's a trade in the in the works there somewhere. But going back to the Warriors, yeah. DeMarcus Cousins, you're saying the most talented team. Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins is back. And How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the Lakers' chances now, especially – them losing games. Well, you know what? We don't need to talk about the Lakers <laughs> specifically right now. That was kind of fucked up. <laughs> Bleep that out. No, but, uh, you know, the Warriors, they were already good. They were already the best team. And it seems like in these limited minutes that DeMarcus Cousins has had, because he's been on the minutes restriction. Yeah. So we haven't really gotten to see him in a full game yet because they're working out the conditioning. But he's, he's, he's DeMarcus Cousins. He's, it, it doesn't really seem like his game changed at all. No. He's the same. He's the same player. And he seems like he's a great fit. And it's 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 really terrible if you're a fan of any other team than the yeah, Warriors. Like, it, honestly, if you're a fan of basketball in general, because the Warriors can win. Yeah. Which, yeah, everybody, like, it's obvious maybe in 20 years we'll be able to look back and appreciate how talented this team is. But w- when you're living through it, it's kind of like, damn. Like, yeah. I want my team to have a chance. I'm sure it's why everyone's playing against the 90s Bulls thought to, wow, why do we have to play these guys? No. Why do they have to be a team? No, but DeMarcus Cousins look great. He's yeah. But in the Lakers, he's And the Warriors have won 10 in a row. They won yeah. t- after tonight's win against the Celtics there. That's 10 in a row. So they're playing, they're playing at Warrior level again. Mm-hmm. So, but what do you think? Uh, the Rockets performing, not even, well... Yeah, the Rockets playing as uh, how they are versus the Warriors playing how they are. You still have the Warriors. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be pretty easy too. I mean, yeah, I think so too. Honestly, when the Warriors have, especially on offense, they're, they're they have no weakness at all. Like their weakness the past couple of Draymond years. Draymond Green, he's a weakness on offense. Well, at le- for Draymond Green, at least he moves the ball. He's a good. Yeah. He's he's a good ball mover. He he knows where to be. He he finishes easy lobs, easy like he finishes at the basket really well. Yeah. So if you ha- if you have to hide, if your weakness is hiding Draymond Green, it's not too hard. Yeah, it's not it's not too hard. First off, when you have four of the all stars, but you could do worse than Draymond Green. Yes, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. So I think as good as the Rockets have been playing, I think they're gonna have to they're gonna fight so hard to get back up to that second seed because. They're going to burn themselves they're out. They're going to burn themselves out by the playoff time. And then the yeah. Warriors are just more talented at every position yeah, other than shooting so. guard. But I know the last podcast I, I said, um, I think the Warriors, I mean, the Rockets, if the Warriors were not playing well, the Rockets would be able to beat them. They'd be able to handle them. Um, but seeing now, seeing how they've been playing, the Ro- it's just too It's just too solo. It's hero ball. It's too, hero, it's too much hero ball for the Rockets against the Warriors, who are, like, the perfect team. You know, they're, they're just playing so well as a team. So, I don't think, I, like, I agree with you. I don't think the Rockets really stand a chance. Even, maybe if CP3 comes back and, and, and plays very well alongside James Harden playing as well as he's been playing, as phenomenal as he's been playing, 
Um, maybe they have a better chance, but like you said, they're going to burn themselves out trying to get back up there. That come playoff time, they're not going to stand a chance. And uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, it'll still be probably an interesting series to watch, but it won't be as fun, obviously, because yeah. we all know. I'm pretty sure we all know who's going to win. And speaking of, of the Warriors, actually, they play the Celtics tonight, and you can see that as a potential finals NBA preview. Finals. The Warriors won. Kyrie went off, though, at 36 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists. Future Laker Kyrie Irving? No, not did future you, did Laker. Did you hear that he apologized to LeBron James personally? Yeah. It yeah, could only mean one thing, Dominic. Reunion. I hope not. That would just it, The Lakers would just turn into the Cavs all over again. Yeah, they would. Actually. And then you would be sad. But um, let's talk about All-Stars. I mean, it was pretty expected. It's the players I expected to start or starting. Yeah. I was sad Derrick Rose didn't get the... The starting spot, which I didn't expect, but it just shows, like, how, for like how we were saying last time, you know, the fan votes, like, everyone was upset because who, whoever was beating whoever, it just shows that fan votes don't really matter. It's all media and player votes that really matter. Yeah, which, actually, let's talk about that for a second, the how to get to be an all-star. I understand player votes, I understand uh, fan votes, because... Well, first off, the game's for the fans and yeah. played by the players. I don't really understand media votes. I don't know why the media votes. Yeah, I don't. I don't either, honestly. I mean, I guess they they they're covering the the sport all the time, but some of them don't really have extended knowledge of of basketball. I mean, they have the stats that they they read off of whatever they get, but there's a lot of bias within sports media. There is definitely so like Phil- Philadelphia ma- media, New York yeah. media. L.A. media, there's very biased. There's, there's a lot of bias, so I don't see why that would be a deciding factor, but it ended up being, I'm pretty sure. I, I think so. I don't remember exactly how the voting works, but the bi- the media votes and the player votes matter more than and the fan actual votes. fan votes. So, um, which is w- actually, uh, speaking of that, LeBron James, because he's, m- he's missed a handful of games, and he's still the captain of the West. Yeah, he received the most fan votes. And that, that's because of the fan votes? Yeah. So the captain is just, so whoever gets the most fan votes. on each In each conference is the captain. If they make the starters, gets the captain. Yeah. Because, yeah, but okay. That makes sense, that yeah. makes sense. Theoretically, though, like, you if you get the most votes, you're going to be good enough or you're going to make the team regardless. Like you're That's not entirely true. Going back to your Kobe Bryant last year's. He's definitely not the best player in the no, NBA. But and he got, like, the most votes. I, f- I forget <laughs> if uh, the new rules were in place at the time where fa- where uh, media votes and, and, and uh, players oh, yeah, also voted know. and stuff. But he still had support from, like, yeah. players, definitely. Yeah, 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 players yeah. were still giving him that support. So. Yeah, no, I think I just don't like LeBron James. That's why. <laughs> um, no, but, I mean, it was pretty expected. Paul, Actually, Paul George starting in the West... I did not expect that. No. Before the season, I did not expect that at all. I didn't think he was ever going to be an all-star again in the West. Well, he's having probably the best season of his career. He's averaging about 27 yeah. points, so it's under a third, fourth seed in the West. He's uh, playing well. He's been playing really well, which is actually 
pretty surprising considering people, other superstars, other all-star players who played with Russell Westbrook really haven't been able to yeah. perform at their best with him. But it seems like uh, over the summer... He's taking control of the team, I think. Yeah, like over the summer, Paul George's reasoning for wanting to come back to the Thunder was like he just had this brotherhood with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So he, he really believed in the team. He really believed in Russ. So it's actually pretty cool to see him succeed on the court. Yeah. Like, like, they're actually fitting together, and it's really good to see. And like I said, he's having the best season of his career, definitely, hands down. And they actually have a legitimate shot to make the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, they're not going to win because it's yeah. the Warriors, but yeah. it's, it's good to see. And then it's good to see him get the recognition and, and get the star the start in the All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. The East, uh, I mean, that was pretty... It's good to see Kemba Walker start. Kemba's first um, All-Star starting game. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I love Kemba Walker. I think it's Kemba, Kyrie, Giannis. Giannis is the captain. Joel Embiid. Kawhi. Kawhi, that's what it is? Yeah. They're really good. Oh, did you see the debate? I've seen this debate on Twitter of who would win. Warriors or the Eastern Ar- Conference All-Star team? Eastern Conference All-Star team. You think so? Yeah. I'm taking the Warriors. I think... Like, look at, let's go with position by position. Okay. okay. Steph Curry's better than Kemba Walker. Kyrie. Kyrie. Point guard. Okay, so Ky- Steph Curry's better than Kyrie. And yeah. then I think... Not Clay by Thompson, much, though. I don't think by much. I think Steph Curry is the third or fourth best player in the league. Yeah. I, and then Kyrie's Kyrie like the you. tenth. Uh, there's a... Yeah. I, to me, there's a... No, okay. It's not a huge... He's not like... Huge a, it's not a huge gap. There's a, there's a gap, but, but it's not a huge gap between them. Here's, here's the thing. I think... Steph okay, Curry so is a Steph potential and MVP. Kyrie. You give it to Steph, Steph obviously. Yeah. And Kemba, it's Kemba and Clay. I give that to Kemba, but barely. Yeah, I think I give it to Kemba too. Yeah, barely. but barely. I think the difference between Kemba and Clay is a lot smaller than the difference between Steph and Kyrie. Yeah, I I agree with you. But at the three, Kevin Durant is o- uh, I don't think he's obviously better than Kawhi, but Kevin Durant is a better player than Kawhi Leonard. Wait, so LeBron's not the three, he's the four? No, this is the Eastern Conference. I'm talking, about Kev- I'm talking about Kevin Durant. You said Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant is the three, yeah. So it's Kev Curry. I thought it was Paul George. I'm so confused. No, uh, we're talking about the Golden State Warriors. Oh, we're talking the about the Warriors. All-Stars. Oh, oh we were my having bad. a different conversation. Oh, my bad. <laughs> um, no, it, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I got confused there for a second. No, no. Okay, so the Warriors. Back to the Warriors. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Kawhi over Kevin Durant. No, Kevin Durant over Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that, too. I think the only obvious advantage for the Eastern Conference is Giannis is leagues better than Draymond Green. Yes. But I think that's literally the only mismatch for the East. At center, it's Joel Embiid versus DeMarcus Cousins. I think that's a wash. I, I think they're both the same. No, nah, I think I'd take Joel over him. I think Joel Embiid is a better defender, but I think DeMarcus Cousins I think I'd take him over is him. better at everything else. You like think he's a better scorer? I, I would take the Warriors. You would honest. take the Warriors? Honestly, I would, I would take the East. I would take the East All-Stars. Just because just I feel like Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid. I think Kawhi Leonard and Giannis would actually be the deciding factors, but... Yeah. I just think the Warriors fit together really well. In a seven-game series, I, I I I would agree with you actually. The Warriors on a one-game one. Oh, game anything can happen, kind of thing. Yeah, I would take East All Stars. 
but maybe that's because I'm a Bulls fan. I'm a I'm an East fan. I don't like the Warriors at all. But yeah, I think that's all for the NBA today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can move on to the NFL. Yeah, it's almost the season's almost done. Yep, one more weekend. Mm-hmm. Wait, one more or two more? What? Whichever. The Super Bowl's left. That's it. Super Bowl. Or the Pro Bowl, which doesn't really matter. Yeah, nobody pays attention to that. The Super Bowl. Um, start with Antonio Brown. He obviously is wants out of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then, and he's eyeing the 49ers. He's it's it's made clear. Um, he's been a problem for Pittsburgh for a while, and even Mike Tomlin, he said like he just put up with uh, Antonio Brown because of what he brought. To Looking to go to San Francisco, I think for San Francisco that'd be a good get because they've been the past couple of years they really haven't had an identity. They've been bad, but more important than that, they really haven't. You haven't seen a path to them being good. Yeah, yeah, once they lost Colin season, Kaepernick, yeah, once, once Colin Kaepernick kind of stopped being an elite quarterback, it's kind of been downhill, and they've been looking for a franchise player. So, if you get if you get Antonio Brown, that's two potential players right there that yeah. that, that you could uh, build off of. Antonio Brown, Jimmy G, like first off, it's and George be a good Kittle, because he just came out of nowhere and he's super good. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens with with the Forty Niners. Um, Antonio Brown, uh, it, it'll be good for him for yeah. a new start. Uh, moving on, uh, Adam Vinatieri mm-hmm. coming back for his twenty fourth season. He's super old. He super literally old. looks like Santa Claus when he takes off his helmet, but he's still kicking field goals mm-hmm. as good as ever. Maybe the Bears, the Bears should have went after him actually. Get a nice. The Bears season. need someone. Need nice seasoned veteran. No. The the Bears just need a ceiling. That's all they need. They just, they just need yeah, a ceiling. Make sure no wind g- gets into the stadium. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. They should do that. <laughs> no, they but so many they did sign them. like they did sign to a uh, kicker uh, from that went to Tulsa University or something like that. He was undrafted. They just signed him. It's looking like Cody Parkey is is done in Chicago. I know after his whole uh, Today Show interview. Every w- coach, everyone was like, yeah, that didn't really seem like a team thing to do. And they seem like they're kind of steering clear from him now. Um, so that should be interesting. Um, let's move on to the playoffs. How d- what do you think of that Saints and Rams game? It was a really good game. I think the w- rest was blowing their whistles the whole game on both sides. So I think the outrage about the, that last, the last uh, non-called yeah. I think that's a little overblown. Like, obviously, it affected the outcome of the game at the very, very Greatly. end. But you can't, if you're a Saints fan, I don't think you could honestly say that Look. you were getting the the bad end of the whistle the whole game. Yeah. Because who's to say that? Because I. No, there were plenty. There were plenty of calls that were missed both sides. It was a, it was a very poorly officiated game. And people say, oh, yeah, you know, they let him play and this and that. But. To an extent, you you want to see that to an extent. You don't want to see it to where the things that are missed are so drastic that it changes, it potentially changes the outcome of the game. Because even after that, they still kicked the field goal. They still went to overtime. They still had the ball, and they didn't score. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, that one play lost them the game. Of course, it, it, may, it may have led up to that. But at the same time, as a team, they have to, you know, work through it. And they have to score. They can't just 
during the game sit down and say, oh, we lost because they missed the call. Yeah. And it was a, it was terribly missed. It was a terribly missed call. Um, I don't see how anyone could not have called that P.I., to be honest with you. And and on top of it being a P.I., it was a helmet-to-helmet hit. And the NFL acknowledged that, at least. They fined Mikel Roby Coleman almost $30,000 for that hit. Uh, but they haven't addressed anything actually regarding the calls and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some Saints players, you know, hey, posting or t- trying to reach out to Roger Goodell saying, replay the game, you know, do this, do that. But nah, it's not going to change. And it no. shouldn't change because it, it, it cheats out. It just ruins the, it ruins the game. It yeah. ruins it. And it, you, you want to, a lot of times, you have to be careful about what president precedents you set. Because mm-hmm. if you kind of give in to this one game where there is the bad missed call at the end and you allow them to replay it, then now every single yep. time, every single time, anything small, like every single team's going to dispute it. going to say, I want to replay it, and they're going to point back to this game and say, they replayed it, why can't I? Yeah, I like, you know, if you use it as an example, like my situation was more detrimental to the – or more uh, drastic – in in the part that it actually took and changed the game and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it is it is it is hard to see for Saints fans, you know. Um, they had that loss last year in the playoffs. Stephon Diggs, incredible catch and at the last second, and then this year they make it one round further, and then they lose in a very heartbreaking fashion, but. They're a good team. They're going to come back next year, and they're probably going to be in the playoffs again. And you got to hats off to hats off to the Rams and Sean McVay. Completely, to be completely honest, the Rams, Jared Goff outplayed QB at the end of that game. Sean McVay outcoached Sean Payne at the end of that game. So regardless if that was called or not, the Rams – it's not like the Rams stole the game. They deserve to win that game, and they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think the Rams' defense showed up as much as it could have against yeah. a team as good as the Saints. Yeah, that high-powered offense, you know, I mean, and in the Superdome. But so we'll see. What's their record now? Five and one at home with Drew Brees in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, something I think like so. that. Something so finally lost for the first time. Yeah. But um, going on to the the Patriots and the Chiefs, the evil empire, the evil empire, the Patriots. It was a great game. Yeah, they battled it out. You know, it was what I expected. Thirty-six to thirty-one. It was decently high-scoring game. Um, overtime. It kind of it kind of sucks to see that. It was a great last. What like the last seven minutes of that game were like amazing. Chiefs went down and scored. Patriots came back and scored. Chiefs went down and scored. Patriots came back and scored. It was, it was, it was fun to see. And then you get to overtime, and the Patriots win the toss, and they score, and that's it. Yeah. And it's just crazy to see them, like the camera, turn to Tom Brady on the bench, and you just know. <laughs> you just know this man's about to do something. Yeah. You know, it's it sucks for Patrick Mahomes. He didn't get his chance to shine in overtime. And I'm not saying that he would have done well. He's young, and 
over a playoff game in overtime is just so much more pressure than a regular game in overtime or a regular playoff game in general. But I think the overtime rules, at least in the playoffs, should change. Yeah. Because he they took the ball out of his hands. You know, once once Tom Brady wins that toss, there's basically no chance. Unless he makes a mistake, which he rarely does, you lose the game. No, that's, that's, it is pretty unfair because at that point, you're just leaving it up to luck. Because when the, they were going back and forth, they were mm-hmm. throwing haymakers at each other at the end. Mm-hmm. So you know that whoever gets this coin toss is going to win. Yeah. So you know, you know, neither one of these teams is going to stop the other. So you might as well be fair and give both teams an opportunity to actually play yeah. the game how it's supposed to. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it sucks. It sucks for Chiefs fans, but they played great. Patrick Mahomes played great, and it's a really good sign for the future. And I don't doubt that they'll be in the same position next year, and I don't doubt that they'll actually make it to the Super Bowl next year. Against the Bears, and then they're going to lose to the Bears. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, But speaking of the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. what do you got? I think think that at their best, if both teams perform to the best of their abilities at their peak, I think the Rams are the more talented team. But with the youth on it and with just the experience of Tom Brady, you know Tom Brady is going to perform. Like, there's no way Tom Brady is going to have a bad game. Yeah. So at the very least, you know, you, you know, Tom Brady is going to go off. He's gonna, he's gonna be Tom Brady. But with the Rams, there's a lot more room to disappoint. There's a lot more room for them to just not play their game, mm-hmm. to to let the nerves get to them, to like fall back on the big stage. So Jared Goff, never been in the Super Bowl. Obviously. Very young player. Nobody, I don't think really anyone. I can't. Akeem Talib, Super Bowl. Um, off the top of my head, I can't. I don't know. I know Tom Brady has more uh, playoff experience than all of the Rams combined, mm-hmm. all of their team combined. And we saw this postseason, Todd Gurley in the first round, he underperformed. Yep. He he didn't he didn't perform as good as he could. So nope. if that happens in the Super Bowl and Jared Goff doesn't carry his load. It's wide open. Patriots yep. could come in, win another Super Bowl, and Tom easily. Brady. Easily. Yeah. It's a potential easy, easy win. Yeah. Um, but the Rams, the Rams, I see, it seems like they, they have, you know, they have a lot of young, talented players. They have more game changers in my eyes. Yes, the Patriots have Tom Brady. They have Julian Edelman. They have Gronk. But Jared Goff has the potential to be that a game changer. Todd Gurley easily has the potential to, to be a game changer. And then Robert Woods is playing fantastic. Brandon Cooks playing great. And then you have on the defensive side, Marcus Peters, Keith Talib. Jonathan Sue. And Jonathan Sue. The other dude, what's his name? I forgot his name. Aaron Donald. There oh, you Aaron go. Donald. Okay. <laughs> oh, they, Dante Fowler. They have so many players that it's hard. it's hard to see. It's hard to to imagine them going down without a fight, mm-hmm. you know. But a lot of them are young. They don't have the experience that Tom Brady does. They don't have – they haven't played a game on that stage. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I expect the first half – the first half or at least the first quarter to be difficult for the Rams just because of, you know, Super Bowl jitters. But 
once they kind of get in their groove, I think it's possible that they can they can upset the Patriots, which I don't technically isn't an upset because they're the better team on paper or something. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Patriots, though. Mm-hmm. I think, look, I mean, it's a tough one. It's Tom Brady. Yeah. It's Tom Brady. Um, the defense is playing just okay enough to be able to hold the Rams to a score that's low enough that Tom Brady can, can beat. You know, they have to show up. The Patriots defense has to show up. If they don't show up, they're going to lose the game, obviously, even if Tom Brady scores 40 points because the Rams have a really high-powered offense. And if, they, if the Patriots defense don't show up, I don't see a chance for the Patriots. No, no. The, the Rams are very talented. But like I said, it's just Tom Brady is – Tom Brady has the experience, and it's scary. But I think I'm going to go, and I know it's going to sound very homery, but I think the Rams are just a better team. And I think I think their group of young players, they've had – like Todd Gurley, he underperformed in the playoffs this year, but – I have faith in them. I really do. I think they're gonna yeah. they're gonna show up and it's just they just have to allow t- they just have to keep Tom Brady from having an uh, insane Tom Brady game. Yeah. I agree. So score. We'll what do you think the score is gonna be? I actually think it's gonna be surprisingly low. I think it's gonna be in the twenties. Like low twenties. I'm gonna go with I think it's gonna be twenty I uh, I don't know how the math works out on this. <laughs> <laughs> like like twenty three to tur- to twenty. I don't know I don't know yeah, if that's, that's possible. I'm gonna go with more like a forty-two to thirty-six. Forty-two to thirty-six. Yeah. Game-winning drive. Hold on. Yes. Yeah. By Tom Brady. Drive. By Tom Brady. I don't think, but speaking of going back to game changers and like very important players, I don't think Gronk's gonna do that much against the Rams. I think he's really falling off. No. Yeah. Like I was gonna. I forgot to mention this, but Gronk. It seems like. Well, first off, they won that Super Bowl in Atlanta without him, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So, the past couple of He was Super there, Bowl but I don't think he did much. Yeah, the past mm-hmm. couple of Super Bowls with the Patriots, he hasn't really performed. He just, I think Gronk's injuries have, have taken a toll on him, and it's starting to show. And he's he's not the great, unguardable tight end that he was. You know, he's gone down to a more average tight end, and it shows. And it might show... Um, when uh, during the Super Bowl, so we'll see. But I think that's all for this week. Yeah. Where's anything the, more where's to the say? Super Bowl this year? So I don't Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, in Georgia. I think so. You know. <laughs> you know, last year. Oh 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 oh. We're gonna get out of here. Oh.